In this episode, Sam Lytle, owner of Civil FX, engineer turned entrepreneur, is going to list out the benefits of how being an entrepreneur can help you as an engineer, whether you're a business owner or a recent graduate. Let's do it. Welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, where it's all about helping real engineers to overcome real challenges and get real results. And now for your host, who is on a mission to inspire as many engineers as possible, professional engineer and certified career coach, Anthony Fasano. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is the show for engineers who want to create extraordinary careers in lives. And I have a really exciting show for you today. I'm so pumped up to have Sam Lytle with me, owner of Civil FX. He's a real intense guy, an entrepreneur who basically took a vision as an engineer and created it into this 3D visualization company. And he's going to talk about the benefits of being an entrepreneur in your career. And we're going to jump into that in a minute. Before we do that, I have two announcements that I want to make. Firstly, I want to thank everybody out there who contributed to the Engineering Career Success Summit Kickstarter campaign. The project was successfully funded. It was a lot of work, but there was so much support from people out there. It's going to be an amazing event. I keep getting contacted by people who want to speak there. So don't worry, if you didn't fund the project, you'll still be able to get a ticket when we open up our registration in the spring. That's going to be coming soon. But for those of you that did fund it, you're going to get obviously some rewards and perks, and we really do appreciate it because you're helping to build an event that's going to help engineers for years to come. And my next announcement, which I'm very excited about because I've been getting so many emails from all of you out there about it, is my book, Engineer Your Own Success, Seven Key Elements to Creating an Extraordinary Engineering Career. The updated and expanded edition is now out. It is now out and live on the Wiley website. And as I promised, I was able to negotiate a big discount for tech listeners and tech subscribers. And I'm going to give you that information right now. So basically, if you want to pick up a new version of the book, you can go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash Wiley. That's W-I-L-E-Y. And if you put in the promo code E-N-G-N-4, that's E-N-G-N-4 at checkout, you'll get 25% off the book, which is almost $10. And if you're wondering what's different about this book from my first book, well, there's a couple of big differences. One, There's a chapter that I totally revamped and basically tripled the size of it on productivity and how to reduce stress in your career. I think it's worth the price of the book alone. And I mean that because so many engineers contact me about their stress levels and trying to be productive. So I researched the heck out of productivity. I read every productivity expert's books and I kind of distilled it all down and put it in context for how you could use it in an engineering discipline and engineering office. So I think that that chapter is going to really help a lot of people. I've added a whole new part on resumes and interviews in the beginning of the book that's helpful for anybody at any time. I mean, you need that. You always should have a resume that's up to date, period. So this book walks you through. It gives you a template as well in the book. And basically, just so you're aware, part one is resumes, interviews. Part two is the seven key elements that I walk through, communication, networking, leadership, credentials. And then part three, which is new in this edition, is worksheets, right? Action. You got to take action. So there's all kinds of templates. There's sample emails for how to get a mentor. There's templates for goal setting and smart goals. So 
I've added a lot of value to the book in hopes that you can really truly use this as a guide to engineer your own success. And I hope you'll take advantage of this limited time offer from Wiley. So again, to get the new book at a discounted price, go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. And then when you purchase the book and you check out on the Wiley site, it'll ask you to apply a code. You put in the code E-N-G-N-4. Again, that's E for Edward, N for Nancy, G for Gary, N for Nancy, and the number four, E-N-G-N-4. With that, let's jump into the main segment of the show today and let's talk with Sam Light a little bit about being an entrepreneurial engineer. All right, now it's time for the main segment of our show, and I'm excited about our guest here today. I have Sam Lytle here with me today from civilfx.com. He's doing something real interesting where he's taking the idea of 3D visualization and turning it into a company, turning really into a movement to help engineering companies with their projects and with their visions. And I'm going to talk to him all about that today, but really with the theme of having Sam on the show for is because I believe as an entrepreneur myself that having an entrepreneurial approach attitude can be so helpful for you as an engineer in your career in so many ways. And that's what I want to jump into with Sam today. So Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. It's great to be on. I really want to say right off the bat that I think everything that you're doing is great with Civil FX. And I'll let you explain it in a minute. But basically, I know taking an idea as an entrepreneur and trying to spread it is a difficult thing to do. And and that's kind of what you're doing. So Sam does have a background in civil engineering. He has a degree from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas in civil engineering. However, he kind of realized like me that doing the engineering wasn't exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to do something else. So Sam, why don't you take it away here and explain a little bit how you got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. I think it all started way back when I was young. I loved building things with Legos and taking things apart. And I told him I wanted to be an inventor. And he said, well, in the real world, inventors are engineers. And so from an early age, I knew I wanted to be an engineer. And uh, I started out in actually mechanical engineering as my major at UNLV. And when I got married, we talked to the counselor and they said, well, there's not a lot of mechanical engineers in Nevada. So you're going to have to, uh, if you want to stay in Nevada, I would recommend switching to civil. And so I switched to civil. I got my degree and I started my career. And then I started to realize that while my dad might have been true that inventors are a close comparison to engineers in the real world. The type of building that I enjoyed growing up was creative. I wasn't the type to get the Lego instructions and follow every detail and make it just the way they wanted you to. I just built things out of my mind. And that was frustrating for me in my engineering career because every time I wanted to do anything, I had to check all these specification manuals and check with other people and other agencies. And and I didn't feel like there was enough creativity for my personality. And so uh, it was a little bit disappointing in the beginning, but I always enjoyed 3D modeling throughout school. I started using SketchUp and Revit, and I would use these for my projects. I'd spend much more time modeling my project in 3D for my presentations than I would actually doing the calculations and all that stuff. And when I got started my career, some people, they actually needed an animation showing where the conflicts for bridge piers were for a pipeline. And they said, Sam, we know you like this 3D modeling stuff. Could you make an animation for us? And so I said, yeah, sure, whatever. That sounds great. And so I made it. I used something at the time, which was called Infrastructure Modeler. It's now InfraWorks. 
and they absolutely loved it. And I was using a free 30-day trial of the software because they weren't sure if they wanted to invest in it yet, the agency that I was working for. And within that 30 days, I did three different project visualizations, and the project managers just absolutely loved it. And so this is the point where I started thinking like, wow, you know, I'm doing civil engineering related stuff. I'm serving this project, but I'm doing it in a creative way, you know, something that I'm excited about. And so it was, it was about three years ago when I, when I realized that I definitely wanted to pursue this type of 3D modeling and visualization as my career moved forward. So I stayed there for a while. I, that was the public sector. And then I switched to the private sector for a year, did more engineering, roadway design, but also visualization. And then this past summer, I received my engineering license. And that was the time when I left. And I've, I've been really grateful to have the opportunity to use those skills that I learned working for other people, 3D visualization, roadway design, and now use it with civil effects, which is 3D visualization and animation studio focusing on civil engineering projects. That's great. That's awesome. And I know I like get a lot of emails from people that listen to the show in that situation where you're not sure if you're in the right field of engineering or you're a little bit overwhelmed by the whole industry of engineering. And I think one thing that I want to kind of get into here, and we'll talk more about Sam specifically what he's doing now with Civil FX, but I want to talk a little bit about being an entrepreneur as an engineer. For those of you that are not familiar what an entrepreneur is, I'm just going to read a definition here. That reads, a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. And I think the idea here is an entrepreneur is someone that, yes, takes risks, is very motivated, takes initiative, but also, you know, solves problems or sees something that people need and try to kind of starts to provide that. So having those senses and those characteristics can be extremely powerful in your career. As an engineer, I mean, in, in, in Sam's case, he saw the need for more visualization and projects and how all the benefits associated with it. In my case, I saw that there was definitely a gap in kind of training for engineers on non-technical skills and career guidance. So I tried to kind of attack that. But there's also problems that you can solve within your own company, whether it's creating a new service line for your company or whether it's you know starting something in-house, a service that they don't have that could complement one of the other services. And I think that taking that approach in your career is what makes you stand out from a lot of other engineers because not just engineers, but they're just uh, being an entrepreneur is somewhat rare. I mean, there just aren't a lot of people out there necessarily that, that are going to say that on a day to day basis. So, and I know for you, Sam, for just from reading some of your stuff and what you just explained to us is that must have been part of what brought you to Civil FX and this opportunity because you know you started doing it in your company. But tell me a little bit more about being an entrepreneur and how what kind of drove you to want to kind of blaze your own path. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Like when I was working for those other companies, sometimes they call an entrepreneur within a company, they call it an intrapreneur. You know, that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was forming a team to do 3D visualization because the places that I worked didn't really have it organized. And now actually that's something that I'm trying to branch out and test with civil effects is, you know, maybe obviously doing 3D visualization as a service is a demand and it's growing, but maybe another area that I can focus on is these companies that want to get their own 3D visualization strategy better and they don't really have it organized. You know, they want to do it in-house. And so that's what I spent a lot of time doing. And because I was so focused on this one thing, 
everyone knew who I was and what I did. Even though I was at a, a relatively low level in my career and my rank, you know, I was talking with the directors and the, the highest people within the company because I had something unique to offer. And in business, a lot of times they'll ask you, you know, what is your company's USP? What is your unique selling proposition? And I think all of us within our engineering careers, we need to ask that ourselves. We need to say, what is my unique selling proposition? When people hear my name, what are they going to think of? You know, are you going to be that guy that knows soil engineering for geotechnical work better than anyone else? I've met people like that. And everyone knows that that's the guy that you go to when there's a question. And so it's, it's entrepreneurship, but it's also self-branding. It's letting people know that you're focused in a direction in a way that they're going to remember you in the future. Yep, exactly. And, and I'll give you kind of an example for those of you listening out there from my own career. So one of the things that I tried to do as an engineer in, in my company was to kind of be the go-to person to get a project done or to get something done. Because you know that's what project managers, that's what partners in the companies are looking for, those kind of people that can move. And I remember I got a call one day from the CEO of our company. It was about a 300, 350 person uh, engineering company. And the CEO basically asked me to get a certain certification, said, you know, we're a little behind the ball in this industry. We need to get this certification. I'm, I'm asking you and five or six other of our engineers to get it. I mean, first of all, when the CEO of the company calls you, I mean, I think that that has to be looked at as an opportunity. So for me, what I did was I set right away, set out to get that certification. I signed up for the exam, I think the same day, put together a study schedule. Within a couple of months, I took the exam, I got the certification. And most of the other people that were asked either didn't get it or took much longer to get it. And I know that for me, as I progressed rapidly in that company, that was something that I know the CEO always remembered and, and other managers remembered that if you go to Anthony, he's going to get it done. And, and I think that, like Sam's saying, you want to be a go-do person, whether it's for something specific or being someone that can get things done or something specific like the visualization or if you career coaching, whatever the case may be, if you can build up that expertise and become that go-to person, then you're going to stand out. And I think one of the ways to do that is to identify an area where your company needs it. Yeah. If you're an engineer that could do some marketing, that could, probably could set you apart from every engineer in your company. So just some more thoughts on my end. Yeah, absolutely. I think the word that comes to mind when you're talking about your own story and my own story is you know, initiative, being willing to do things that you're not necessarily told to do. And to be honest, there's a lot of people that are going to come out of college in engineering and they're going to be, you know, whatever you tell them to do, they're going to do it. And hopefully they'll do it well and they'll come report. And that's good. You need people like that. But the people that stand out, they're going to say, I did what you asked. And I also researched this other stuff and have these options that might help this project as well. And those are the people that are going to move more quickly in their career. And, you know, you talked about these conversations you're having with the CEO and, and how I was talking to the director and all this stuff. Those conversations and those connections have been so valuable for me, as especially now as I've started my own company, to be able to get on the phone and talk to these people and then know who I am when they shouldn't, you know, based on my history with the company and my rank, they probably wouldn't know who I was. But because I, they know, yeah, Sam's the 3D visualization guy and now I'm still doing it, those connections have been super valuable for me in the, my career past that specific position. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and just another example for those of you listening, uh, 
I spoke to an engineer once who relocated to a new company, actually relocated to a new geographic location with his family and took this job. He started working and he said, you know, things are slow because we don't have a lot of business. So the one thing I said to him was, well, can you go out and get some business? And he was like, I didn't even think of doing that. So my point <laughs> is, is that, and I think this speaks to what Sam just said, is that you can go to an engineering company and you could say, okay, this is what my job description is. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to do this all day. Or you could say, you know, I want to do this, but I also want to go above and beyond, or I want to stand out, or I want to do something creative. So I'm not just going to sit here and engineer a project, but I'm going to do more client correspondence, maybe go out and get active in the professional associations and get to know people in the industry and start to make a name for myself. And you know that is really an entrepreneurial approach. That is taking initiative, getting out there, building your brand essentially, because there's some awesome engineering companies out there. But at the end of the day, I mean, anything could happen to any company anytime and you could be left saying, okay, where's my job now? Where's my job security? And you need to be able to say, I can go and kind of engineer my own success at any time and come up with a new opportunity. So I think that that's something important. The other thing I want to talk about, which Sam and I spoke a little about before offline here, before we started, is this idea of, you know, you graduate, you come to the engineering industry and you might be like, okay, this is not what I expected at all. So I just went through all this schooling and now I'm like thinking I'm going to go do engineering and this is not what I expected. This is not what I liked. And in my case, as a civil engineer, I know when I talk to a lot of engineers that want to are about to start their careers, they say, I want to be a structural engineer. I think because it's something that looks exciting, you know, bridges, people talk about that. But then what I did in site engineering, I never even took a course on site engineering in college. I just, I happened to have an internship and I ended up getting into it and I loved it. So right. My point, and I'll let Sam expand a little bit on this, is there's a lot of opportunities with an engineering degree, whether it's in the field of engineering or in another field using those skills. So don't get discouraged if you're in a spot right now where you're stagnant or you feel like you're doing the same thing every day or you're not liking it because you do have a lot of value. You just have to find where you can best provide it. Yeah, absolutely. I wish that colleges would give a more thorough exposure to all the different fields there are within engineering and not, you know, structural or site or roadway or whatever, but like, you know, management or marketing or the titles that you kind of take upon yourself or that the sub niches, you know, like 3D visualization. And that's something that I'm doing at UNLV now is I'm, I'm working with the professors and I go and I talk to kids and, and I say, I don't necessarily say you all need to get into 3D visualization. You know, I say some of you might like this and if you do call me and it was actually cool yesterday I got a I got an email from one of the students saying, "Hey, look, I used the software you told me for my project and he sent me a link." It was really cool to see that. But uh I would think that the best way to approach finding your own personal niche is by doing as many things as possible early in your career. Because there's they're always asking for volunteers to do different things. Maybe it's to go do a site visit or to research a project, try new software, whatever it is, just be willing to volunteer. And and if you don't know yet what your your niche is or what you're passionate about within engineering, keep trying and keep doing things. And eventually one day you'll be like, man, I can do this. You know, I I know someone who is a certified scuba instructor and He's also a licensed engineer. His background's in structures. And so what he does is he goes out and he does underwater bridge inspection where he inspects piers below water. Who knew that you could be a scuba diver in engineering and make it really, you know, he makes six-figure salary doing that. And, and there are a ton of opportunities like that within engineering. You just have to broaden your horizons and just try 
as many things as possible early on in your career. Yep. No, absolutely. And, I, and I'm just going to give throw out a few more examples because I think just like Sam just did, the examples are really helpful to understand how you could find your passion, how you could be entrepreneurial. So a couple of examples. One example would be, let's just say you're an environmental engineer and you're doing site remediation and things of that nature. And you notice that you have a lot of wetlands work and you may not understand this exactly depending on the type of engineer you are, but I'll expand. And you have a lot of work where there's wetlands, there's wet areas on a site and it has to be flagged out. Companies always hiring another firm to do that. You could say, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do this wetlands delineation work. I'm going to come certified in it and then our company can offer it. So now all of a sudden, in essence, solving a problem for your company where the problem is they continue to have to hire someone to do something. And now all of a sudden you bring that to the table and that also may generate a lot more business for them on other projects in the future. So that's kind of one entrepreneurial twist. Another thing is I know an engineer who was doing engineering and he just loved AutoCAD and he was kind of that guy in the office that everyone would go and ask him their AutoCAD questions when they had them. Right. And what happened was there was a pretty big engineering company and they wanted to have an engineer just like him that was just full-time dedicated to helping their project engineers with CAD. And so he applied for the job and he got it. And basically now what he does is, is he's kind of like a CAD engineer getting to just do CAD like all day and help people with CAD all day. And he loves it. And you know, it's not something that in school, you're not going to go to school and say, I'm going to just be this person that helps engineers with CAD all day. Yeah. Just like Sam didn't go to school and say, I'm going to be doing visualization. So I think that the kind of the message here is if you're motivated enough and yet you're not 100% satisfied in what you're doing, there's something else you can do. You have to find it. There's really so many perfect matches out there that I've seen with engineers, but you have to look for them or you have to create them, create your own way to do it, whether it's a new job within a company or a new business outside of the company. So with that, Sam, let's talk about your specific situation or your specific business, your enterprise, Civil FX. So you told us already that you saw this as a, as a niche, as a need. You were doing it with this Inframap program in your company. And now take us to this next step of how you started Civil FX and, and where you want to go with it. As I mentioned, I did 3D modeling in college. I started to make a name for myself doing like uh, civil engineering visualization as my career pro- progressed. And then finally, the, uh, the cards lined up where I was able to leave my job and do civil effects full time. And architects have been doing visualization for like 10 or 20 years. There's a lot less variables involved because they're not worried about the site or they're not worried as much about vegetation or cut and fills. A lot, a lot of the stuff that gets really technical for us, they're not worried about it when they do their visualization. And so that they've progressed with their projects where almost every major project is going to have visualization and they can do that in-house. But for civil engineering projects, it's still growing. You know, There are firms that have been doing it for 10 or 20 years, but only the biggest projects get it. And even then, not every project gets the, uh, the visualization treatment and so I've seen it growing more and more where that threshold of, you know, let's say 10 years ago, every project $500 million or more was getting visualization. And five years ago, is every project $100 million or more was getting it. You know, that, that threshold is getting lower and lower where more projects are requesting these types of services. And I saw it when I was working for the public agency and the private national company that I worked for. And I wanted to leave working for someone else when I was 30. And it didn't, when it got closer to my 30th birthday, it didn't look like it was going to work out. And so I was like, it's okay. You know, I have three kids. I need to support them. 
But it was funny because on my 30th birthday, we had a conversation with a client and I saw some stuff with the company that I was working for that just didn't line up. They kind of had a scarcity mindset. I tried to have an abundance mindset. They were trying to hold all the information in. I wanted to give it all out. And so, and there were several large projects that I had lined up personally for this company. And I knew if I didn't quit right then that those clients would become the clients of the company instead of me personally. And so on my 30th birthday, I went home and I talked to my wife and, and we decided that, you know, now was the time to make the jump. And so the day after my 30th birthday, I walked in and said that, that I was going to be leaving. And so it was really good timing as far as I had these two or three big projects right out of the gate that was able to get me going. And then as I was doing those, those I've been trying to market, go out with consulting firms and say, hey, look, let's partner on this project. Because one thing that's happening more and more is on these RFPs, requests for proposals on the big projects, they're making 3D visualization as a requirement. So they say, not only does your team have to do the roadway design and the bridge design and the safety analysis and all this stuff, you know, these are large transportation projects that I'm typically talking about, but they're also saying you need to have 3D visualization for either construction phasing or public outreach or analysis. And so I've been able to go to these other consulting firms in the Las Vegas area where I live and, and just say, hey, look, when you need 3D visualization as part of your proposal, give me a call. And that way we can team together and work on this project. And so while I was doing those first few projects out of the gate, I was trying to market and get more projects coming down. And so far, it's been really exciting to be able to have these conversations with these clients about these large projects and really get Civil FX going from that perspective. And that's what I call Civil FX Studios. But the whole Civil FX movement is actually broader than that. And the other part, which I call Civil FX Nation, is my efforts to educate the rest of the world. You know, when when I first learned about 3D visualization in civil engineering, there was almost no information available because the few companies that do it, they really try and keep the information inside because there's was so little available projects in the past. And so I'm trying to change that. And now with Civil FX, you know, Civil FX Nation, which I call it, I have a blog and I have a podcast where I say, look, this is how you do it. This is the software I use. I do behind the scenes videos where I say, look, this is the final result. This is how I got there. This is the story. And so I'm trying to do that two-pronged effort of, yes, I have a studio where I'm serving clients on big projects, but also like I'm trying to get out there and, uh, and educate and bring the world together in uh, 3D visualization and civil engineering. That's really awesome, Sam. I think you're doing a, a great job and I know it's not an easy thing to do. You got to you know, work at multiple angles. For those of you out there listening, just to kind of bring what Sam's talking about into the world of you know, corporate engineering world, if you're an engineer working for a company, I'll give you another example to explain, I think, what, what Sam just spoke about. Let's say that you're an engineer and you happen to have a surveyor's license as well, because I know an engineer who did this. And then a company who, who does not do surveying at all says, you know what, let's hire Anthony because he's got his engineering license, but he's also has surveying. So we could start to offer surveying services. And then all of a sudden they hire you. So now, yes, you can start to do surveying on some of their projects, but what you also need to do is educate the other people that work in that firm so that they understand that now you have this service available and then that they can sell that service to their other clients. And this is kind of what, what Sam is going through here where he's got this great service of 3D visualization that has a lot of benefits to it. 
fortunately it's growing because more and more projects are calling for it, but there's still a lot of companies out there that probably don't even know about it or what the benefits of it are. So Sam kind of has to educate them as part of this process. And, and I think he's doing a great job so far. And if you check out his website at civilfx.com, you can see all this stuff. So before we get into the end of the show here, where we give one piece of kind of actionable advice, Sam, what would you say is the most rewarding part of what you're doing right now? I think the most rewarding part of what I do is to be able to extract a uh, design intent or extract the vision from someone and then communicate that to the rest of the world. And I've been able to do this. I mean, that's, that's what I do every day with my business, but I've had a couple experiences where people have told me exactly that, that I've done exactly that. Like, for example, if you go to civilfx.com on my portfolio, there's a train animation and it's called the land fairy concept. And this guy, I used to work in the same organization as him. And that's where I originally knew him. And when I left, started Civil FX, he said, Hey, you know, I have this idea and I really want to, uh, we're moving forward with some research on it, but we need to communicate it. And I, I would like some animations. And so it's a concept where it's like a high speed rail and they pull into the station and all the freight's already loaded and it's just pushed right onto the train. And so it's a high speed onload, offload system. And so I've made this animation for him. And when I did it, you know, he said, you've done it. Like this, I've had this thought in my mind for over 10 years now. And I've had to spend hours trying to explain this concept to people. And now I can send, this, send them this link for this four minute video. And they know exactly what's been in my, my mind. You know, you extracted my vision and now it's there for the world to see. And, and like another example, I was working with a, with an engineer that, that had worked on a, a large transportation project for a long time. And, you know, it, it had mostly been, it was a microstation CAD where everything was 2D and, and he kind of knew in his mind what was going on, but it had, it had never really been modeled in 3D. And so I built a model for him. It was actually for a legal right of way case. And so he came in to see the progress of the model and I was showing him. One thing I really like to do is sit down with my clients and show them like an interactive real-time view of what's going on with the model. And they really appreciate that. And, and when he saw it, he's like, man, I've, been, I've seen this in my mind for like five or 10 years. And now it's there. You know, it's, like, it's like I imagined it before, but there are things that I never even considered. That's the favorite part about what I do is to be able to extract what's in someone's mind and communicate it to the world. That's really awesome. All right, so we're going to end off this portion of the show now, and Sam's going to stick around for our Take Action Today segment, and we're going to give you one piece of actionable advice for kind of implementing this entrepreneurial mindset into your career. And I'll link up in the show notes to Sam's website and some of these case studies. And actually, the show notes for this show are going to be at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash civil FX. Make it easy so you could find it. And with that, let's jump into the next segment. All right. And now we're back with the Take Action Today segment. And we're going to give you one piece of advice that can help you to kind of discover your passion, take that entrepreneurial flair inside of you and, and let it out. And Sam's got a great one here. Go ahead. Take it away, Sam. Yeah. When I worked for the public agency, they had a leadership training academy that I went through. And a huge turning point for me in my career was they had us all take a DISC personality profile test, which is D-I-S-C. And when I took it, it said that I was a high D 
And at that point, I realized that it, I didn't feel as guilty about not being as good or as passionate about the technical side of engineering. And I could focus more on the, the stuff that I was good at, which is, you know, leading and, and pushing projects and tasks forward. And so my tip is if you haven't already to go out and take the disc personality profile test or something similar so that you can get an insight into what your personality is and so that you can focus on your strengths and move in the, the career path that is best for you personally. That's awesome. I, I agree hundred percent. I've, I've done some of those assessments as well. There's different ones. There's the disc, there's the Myers Briggs, there's strength finders, another one, and I'll link up to them in the show notes. But yeah. I think Sam's dead on here. If you can discover a little bit more about what you really like to do, what you're passionate about, what your strengths are, then you can try to pursue avenues that will allow you to use them. Because when you're using them, that's when you're going to be that entrepreneur. You're going to have that fire inside of you because you love what you do. I mean, it's like me now, it's a little bit dangerous sometimes, but when you love what you do, you can end up working a lot because you just don't even realize you're doing it because you're really passionate about it. So I hope that our listeners can find that passion. And that's part of the reason that I do this show. So with that, let's give Sam Lytle another thank you, Sam, for being here and keep up everything you're doing at Civil FX. I look forward to kind of watching you grow and helping you however I can. Yeah. And good luck to you and uh, your Kickstarter campaign and everything else that you're doing. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. If you want to hear more episodes of the Engineering Career Coach podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes or go to engineeringcareercoach.com where you will find tons of free engineering career resources. Just click the Start Here button on the site for an easy-to-navigate index of all the resources available. You can also follow Anthony Fasano on Twitter at Anthony J. Fasano or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash engineer your own success. Until the next time, thanks for listening.